it, they're not in Cass County used to seeing oh, oh for anything. Absolutely not. And uh, that one was a hard one last year. Tyler Morton's a good young coach. Absolutely. And this is the first head coaching gig that, that he's gotten in his career. It won't be the last by any stretch unless he decides he's going to stay there for 30 years, a la you know, guys like Ben Schaumburg. But um, they are – you know, Redwater did this last year, and they get Redwater this week. You get off fast, and you get off fast against opponents that, in all honesty, you ought to beat. Absolutely. And, and then you come back into the – and the expectations in the community start going vroom, back up high. We're back, bunny power and all that stuff. <laughs> and then you end up taking on teams that are more along in their program than you are, and then all of a sudden stuff goes the other direction. The challenge isn't the win at the beginning. The challenge is – well, everybody stay cohesive when they don't win, you know, whether it's this week or next week or five weeks from now, will everybody stay the course? And I think Tyler Morton and the staff he put around him has the ability to make sure they do that. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I just hope that, you know, they don't expect, you know, an undefeated season after one win. No, you know, you know, no. Just they're, they're going to compete, and the games that they're going to – if they end up losing, they're going to compete, in and it's going to be close. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think they expect that. I think they know this is a, a work in progress. But after having an O for year I – I had a high school basketball year that was an O for year. Yikes. My junior year in high school – we had the uh, the deadly combination of no size and no speed and no shooters. <laughs> What's that saying about you? Uh, no shot, no size, <laughs> no speed, no shooting. Uh, and so we we went an O for twenty four basketball season Ooh. my junior year. Oh, yeah. it was it was horrific. Oh, it was a beatdown. And every day to come back out and play again, you're like, oh my god. For at first, it's it's the you know, because we played a couple of really big school. Uh, I went to a very small school, and we played a couple of larger schools that had actual basketball players. You know, that played for their school, uh, including uh, a kid who ended up going to North Carolina and playing basketball mm. from one school that we played against. We had no chance. We were dreadful. <laughs> but for a while there, we were close enough. You know, you get a, you get a couple of games. You're kind of close. We're like. This may be it. This next game may be the one that we're gonna we're gonna get over the hump and get that dub, get that first W of the year, and that's gonna be awesome. And you know, yay, and all that crap. And no, and then no, and then God no, and then please, please make it end. Can this end already? So I, so I didn't go back and play my senior year just because it was. Did such they win? Did they get a W? I think they did win a couple of games oh, in my senior year. So that may go. have been it. That may have been. The- yeah, yeah, it was probably me, um, but uh, it was horrific. So, having lived through one of those, you know, when I coached PGYA, my thing was always, can we just get a win the first or second game? So at least you know you're not going over, and the kids are not going to go through a whole year and not win a game. And having lived it, it's just it stinks. Yeah, and confidence, you know, you yeah. get a win, and that confidence snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. And if it's and if you don't get those wins, it snowballs the opposite direction, where it's just we're never going to win. No, and, and again, I've, I've I've lived through some games, some some seasons, calling one in nine years, Oof. and a couple of two and eight years, and nobody's having any fun. Coaches aren't having fun. Kids aren't having fun. 
only people are starting to show up in the in the stands are moms and dads and grandparents and the rest of the community is like yeah we'll wait till next year yeah there's something on on friday night i think better than this and so they stay away and you know, it kills a program and so for atlanta to go for an entire football season and not get a win last year test your metal because they're spoiled in in the fact that there's been a lot of success in that community in football, in baseball, in track, they they just golf. They've started to become mm-hmm. a really good golf school in the last few years. Um, so happy to see him get a W. Happy to get that out of the way. Happy for kids who are back as seniors this year and who live through over as juniors. Because, like I said, I can attest to it. And at least they came back and played. Because I went, nah, it's all for me. Yeah, and Tyler getting his first win as a head coach is huge. Oh. You know, uh, having worked with him at the Orange School, you know, he's a great guy and, you know, he's there for the boys and getting him a W just builds his confidence as well for the actual season and his program. And, of course, we're not going to be uh, on the air tomorrow because, uh, obviously, A, Tony's out of town. B, I'm in Longview calling Longview Marshall tomorrow night. So there won't be a show tomorrow. So, yeah, a quick rundown of the games that are going on around town tomorrow night. As uh, we'll talk to the Atlanta coach in about minutes. Uh, tomorrow night for Arkansas High, they get their home opener tomorrow. First time for Trey Outlaw and his Razorbacks to be in front of the uh, the friendly confines crowd. Uh, Pine Bluff Dollarway is coming in. In in my mind, that's a game, and there's no half twos, but that's a game the Razorbacks really need to win. Yeah, I mean, I believe smaller school, and uh, they're going to give them a good game. But being at home, and just like we said with Atlanta trying to build that confidence, they need it. They really, really need it. They really it. need that. And those boys played really hard, and, you know, the score didn't, you know, reciprocate that. So it's uh, – they need it big time. Liberty Ilo's uh, got their home opener. They are staying up in weight class with Paris. After a nice win over Henderson last week, Dewoski Davis's guys, a lot of confidence right now. And coming in, Paris coming in with that, you know, their off the chart offense with you know all the running. It's it's you know it's going to be a challenge for Liberty Alo, but it's good for them to see them yep. with who you know they have to play later on in yeah. the season. BG, in which yeah, basically exactly. runs the same offense. BG is uh, on the road into Louisiana, and. You know they get bird, and I know that uh, I know Morgan had posted some things about not going to be able to broadcast the game. Will game day this week? And if you've ever dealt with Louisiana and having to do sports there, it is a different universe. We are really, really insulated from crazy. And there are some places you go, you're like, oh my gosh, this is kind of a nightmare, and these people are kind of rude. It ain't like Louisiana. <laughs> Typically, when you go to do a game in Louisiana, you end up having to pay, which, you know, as a radio station, or in, in Morgan's case, as a, as a live streaming video entity, you know, you don't pay to go do a game. It's kind of the courtesy between schools. Right. We host you. You guys have your folks that come in. We'll have our folks that go to your place next year. You know, we want our guys to be able to call our game, and you're going to want yours to call yours, and that's just the way it works. But when schools from out of state come in, well, there isn't any more that reciprocal agreement kind of thing of, yeah, yeah, you guys will come here, and then next year we'll go there, and, you know, the year after we'll come back to your place because, you know, they're all always outside of Louisiana. They don't care. They don't care. Now, my understanding wasn't that Louisiana was going to charge, which I, I can't imagine having had the the you know the past that I've had with some of those places. 
But his Morgan's problem is going to be they, they've really got to try to have a strong enough internet signal to be able to send streaming video downstream to people to be able to watch it. And uh, my understanding is that's just not really available. And so you're kind of stuck with, I can send all my guys and all my equipment, and I may or may not get a signal out of there, but it's not the school's Wi-Fi you're on. It's whatever the nearest tower is, and it just makes it almost impossible. Which is a shame in this day and age, you know, with everything that's going on, we should be able to at least hear, you know, uh, or view the games. I mean, Morgan does a great job of showing majority of the games in town, and we should be able to see it. Uh, it just kind of stinks that that's what ended up happening. In Texas High's got uh, Colleyville Heritage tomorrow. Yeah, exciting. It's going to be a top 10 matchup in 5A D2. Yeah, top 10 matchup, and it's going to be like a four or five hour game, you know both teams. Oh, Colleyville just wants to run plays, 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 pass, pass, pass. Nice. You know, so. Exciting. Uh, yeah, and Texas High throws the ball. They do run more, but, you know, it, I have a feeling I heard Billy talking this morning that it's going to be a long one. Long one. That's all right. Oh, I love it. I love passing. You get your money lots, worth. Lots of action. Yeah. Absolutely. Home game tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Which, um, having been uh, in the Metroplex last week, home this time around. Yep, home open. So just about everybody's home this week, except for uh, PG on the road to Arkansas. And uh, by the way, uh, speaking of Louisiana, rather, um, uh, speaking of Louisiana, Texas High is supposed to be in Benton, Louisiana next week. Yep. So I don't know how that's going to play out. If you if you just listen to the little diatribe about going to Bird for PG, Tigers have to go to Benton next week. Don't be shocked if that goes south like this potentially. I don't know what the Wi-Fi setup is at Benton, and they may be amazing and they may be plugged in, but there's the possibility that you may be going down to Louisiana school that has the same kind of thing going that Bird does. Well, hopefully Keith will be able to call the game. Oh, yeah. on no, the Keith's going to be able to call yeah, it. Yeah, good, Keith will be good. there. If was, you know, I mean, that's the consolation prize to be able to hear it. Yeah, Keith you know. doesn't need streaming video. He's, True. You can pop on a cell phone and you're good to go if you can get a signal. So, yeah, we'll definitely have that game on the radio here next week. But uh, just warning you in advance that Louisiana's always a challenge. That's all I'm going to say. It's just always a challenge. All right, it's 15 minutes, actually 14 minutes after 5 o'clock. We'll take the break. Some stuff going on in the sporting world we got to talk about. Cowboys are talking big talk again. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> Their record 0-0. Zero zero. Big trade in the NBA. And... Uh, Politics makes its way to tennis today. Get the chew on all of those when we come back. Leaving the yard, Chuck Zack, Dodger Danny Williams. On the fan, 107.9. Hey. All right, welcome back. 18 minutes after 5 o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zack, Dodger Danny Williams sitting in for Tony Kirk today. Tyler Morton coming up in about uh, 12 minutes. We'll get him on the phone as we talk some Atlanta Rabbit football, bottom of the hour. Uh, The Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. Dak Prescott. I got to love Dak. He's sincere. He's a good guy. He's everything you want in a quarterback. And today, of course, it was the annual state of the season 
preseason speech by the quarterback about how we're going to make everybody that's a doubter eat their words. This is the year. We're all excited. We're all in. Rah, rah, rah. And I just, it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. I'm so, if I'm a cowboy at this stage, I'm not doing that whole cheerlead. This is, we're going to just shut up and play. Like, we, we, we hope, we, we're, we're going to go and do our best. We're going to play football this year. We're going to play whoever's in front of us this year. It's like the old, what's his name, LaRouche thing. I'm not giving you any quotes to be able to use on me. Yeah. Why? Why do they want it? It's always the same. We're, this is our year. I and mean, for being America's team, you should be able to just shut up and play. Just play. Just go play. Win. Make the playoffs. I know you got confidence. I know you want to brag on your team. I know every there are thirty-two teams right now that believe they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they're doing. They're all doing the same thing. Yeah. But wouldn't it be amazing if Jerry could shut up and Dak would be quiet and everybody and they just go out there and run six games off? Then the playing does what that talking what they're they're backing it up. Now I saw a thing the other day. They were putting up, uh, I think it was, what, 100,000 simulations of the NFL season. Ooh, fun. They put them in the computer. They plugged in everything as it sits today or yesterday, two days ago, and ran the thing and then ran it 100,000 times and came up with what the over-under is on what, what the projected win totals would be for each team. And the Cowboys were in the, like, 10.7 wins. So basically uh, somewhere between... 10 and 7, 11 and 6 record, the computer, based on what they've got right now, kind of anticipates Dallas getting. And then they, they went back to each franchise's beat reporter and said, What do you think of the number over, under, or right on? Which, of course, can't be a point to anything, like 10.6 wins. So either over or under. Right. And in gambling, they usually do 10 and a half. So you have to, yeah. you have to make the decision are they going to win 10 or are they right. going to win 11? Exactly. And the thought on the Cowboys was probably not 11, which would have been the over. 9-10 seemed to be the, the place that the Cowboy folks are sitting about what they think the season will be. Nine wins or ten wins may be the, the top of the uh, possibility for them. Not possibility, probability. But the thing about it is that division is so weak that that will probably still win the division. Oh, they'll win the division. Yeah, yeah. Unless Philadelphia just has some weird, right. you know, 11-win season, which I don't see. But but again, it's still middling right in the middle of the pack. You know, the Cowboys are always right in the middle of the pack. You, you're on the verge of making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. And it's just they, they can't jump ahead. And that's, where, that's what they need. They need that jump ahead. And they just they haven't had that for so long. Well, what it gets you is the expectation of a Tampa – a Los Angeles, a Green Bay are going to be with a more wins, which means you're going to be on the road in the playoffs again. And I don't want to be on the road in, in Lambeau. I don't want to be on the road against Tom Brady. And I don't want to have to go to the Rams with that defense. I mean, it's just it's, – it's crazy. I just it, – it's, it's scary for those fans that they get to the playoffs, but how do you win a game? Well – and I think I think if if you're the Cowboys, this is the spot you're in right now. This can't be about just getting in the playoffs no. because going to those places 
really is difficult. You're either dealing with weather issues at Lambeau or you're dealing with crazy crowds in L.A. or in Tampa. Not to mention Brady sleeping in his own bed the night before you play. <laughs> right. Which for a 45-year-old guy is probably a big deal. It, it almost has to be I, I beating the Eagles out and winning the division, it can't be enough. If you're not looking at 12 or 13, you, you're you on the road and you may as well just cash these chips in because going on the road and winning is not as easy. I mean, that's happened before. We've had wildcard teams that have gone through on the road and won three playoff games and got to the Super Bowl and won that before. But the, well, the well, odds get so long. Right, and what makes it difficult is you got to win two games on the road. Yeah. I mean, not just one. No, you got to win you got to win two. And you're going to have to probably beat – Higher seeds, absolutely twice. Yep. So you have to go to Green Bay and Los Angeles in back-to-back weeks, assuming that those two franchises are where we think they're going to be. Right, and that's just that's not probable. But Dak's saying <laughs> we're right where we are right now. It's all excitement. It is. Well, yeah, it's excitement. It's the beginning of the year. Everybody's happy and excited until you go out and play a quarter of the season and figure out who you really are. We don't have a left tackle. No, they have the rook. They're going to put the rookie out there, and yeah. they they say they're not expecting him to be uh, Tyron Smith. So you know that they're already putting packages in there to help him out. Yeah, he's going to have to. They're going to send him back. That absolutely. Way. Yeah, they don't have Gallup. Uh, they don't have Joey Gallup back yet. No, they only have one receiver. They don't that's have Amari. He's gone. Yeah, the only one receiver that's caught a touchdown pass. That's Ceedee Lamb. So I, I you know, I'm they, a cowboy. They, they hater, let so. guys walk on defense. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. It's all excitement. Of course. It's all excitement. That's why I just don't just play. <laughs> just play. Yep. All right, NBA. Cleveland Cavaliers today got, and you said stole from the Knicks, which I thought was a good way to put that. Knicks have been flirting with the Jazz about acquiring Donovan Mitchell for a while. They kind of threw the maybe we're not into this for real chip the other day when they signed – um, R.J. Barrett. Barrett for a big contract yeah, on a 120 million yeah, extension, second yep. year, third year player. Yep. Um, which kind of made you made you feel like that's the direction they're going to go in. They're not going to go after Donovan Mitchell. So today, the Jazz somehow managed to convince what almost feels like a desperate Cleveland Cavalier franchise to give up three pretty good players. Not great, three pretty good players, and three number one draft choices first round draft choices unprotected first unprotected round which means if and i think they're what 25 27 29 yes maybe because they can't trade first round picks in consecutive years no they can't and i don't know if cleveland's got do they have their 23 or their 24 i don't know but they're, they're going to hold on to those for two years and then they're going to start giving away draft picks to the jazz who have already acquired a crap ton of draft choices from Minnesota for Gobert in the Rudy Gobert deal a couple of months ago. I think I read earlier that the Jazz have like 13 draft choices, and I think they may all be first or second. Well, obviously there's only two rounds in the draft, but I think the majority of those are first-round draft choices between next season 2023 and 2029. Yeah, it's something crazy. It's just like the Oklahoma City Thunder who are oh. stockpiling all those picks. It's just insane. Like what I mean, giving these picks away like candy. They got five for Gobert, they got three for Mitchell. Now, you and I were talking, and, and my take on that is 
NBA number one, Cleveland's desperately wanting to get in the playoffs. They desperately are trying to save fans having some interest in this franchise. Win without LeBron. Win without LeBron, which they're not anywhere close. No. Not even close to winning and Donovan, getting out of the East. And Donovan Mitchell, I don't think, is a savior either. He's a no. good player, but he's not uh, you know, the guy that can run it with himself and that's it. How's a good player worth three first-round draft choices in, in today's NBA? And my, my argument is I don't think teams care about first draft choices anymore. No, I think they care about free agency. They can get pieces that they want by spending the money. I don't have to worry about getting a young kid and developing him into something else because he's not going to be NBA-ready when I get him anyway, especially if he's a one-and-done. Right. There's no patience to do that. And unless, like in the last couple drafts, unless you're the first four picks and even sometimes three, then it like drops off. And you're like, okay, so even I, even if I have a f- first-round fourth overall pick it's worthless it's well it's not worthless but it's a developmental pick that won't right. help me this year right it's going to have to wait for two years to help me at all where i think this value of this kid is worth the fourth pick of the draft that i used right. to get him right zero patience in the nba and it makes a little bit of and the mavericks have always been that way sure. first round draft choices didn't matter sure trade them on use them as assets get veteran players build from free agency get guys that you, seems to work right get guys you know what they are by the way Dirk got his number retired today in Germany yeah that was really cool so he's got the 41 in the Mavericks and the 14 in Germany retired D- so deserved so deserved guy that played you know forever but you know really playing with Germany for as long as he could I yeah. thought it was classy that they did that for him hanging the uh, the Dirk raft the Dirk uniform from the rafters yeah, uh, it's better than you know the Mets you know retiring Willie Mays' jersey the other night, which was really weird. So he wasn't in New York, but what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't click couple on of years. It. I didn't click on and read the story. I was watching the highlights and they were retiring his jersey, so I was like, oh, okay. How much did you play for? Pay for a baseball card? We we're talking about the mantle card the other day, Oof. twelve million bucks or six million, whatever that it was. I hope I, f- I hope I find one in an attic somewhere and become. How much a would you pay for a card? Nothing. 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 Because that market, that market, I remember when it was huge, and then it collapsed, and now it's it's it, once COVID started, it started flying up. But I, I don't I don't get into that stuff. There's just no way. See, I wouldn't either. Nah. I wouldn't pay for a card. Either. Nah, I, I learned that from history. Yeah, you can buy tulips, and then all of a sudden you got nothing. <laughs> yeah, like they said, you know, the King Griffey Jr. rookie card. You have that box set. It's going to pay for kids' college fund, and they made so many that it's just they they're worth you know a couple hundred bucks, but they're not worth thousands and thousands. So I've got two. You've got two? I've got two Griffey rookie cards. Two, I have, dif- two different cards. See, I have a box set. I have the whole box yeah. of that year, which is Randy Johnson rookie yeah. and oh, yeah. you know a few others, too. I, I have two. I've yeah. taken them to card shows before, and they're like, yeah, it's the wrong color rookie one. This one's real popular, but it's they printed a bunch of them. The, the expansion one's this color one oh. on, the, on, the, on the edges instead. I'm like... I said, what it's worth? They're like 30 bucks maybe. I went, jeez, what <laughs> yeah, a rip. That sucks. All right, Tyler Morton coming up next. We'll talk Atlanta Rabbit football when we return. Leaving the yards. Chuck Zank, Roger Danny Williams on the fan, 107.9. Welcome back. We've got uh, 28 minutes until 6 o'clock, leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, Dodger Danny Williams in live this afternoon in the uh, Michelob Ultra Fan Cave. And joining us live on the Sonic Hotline is uh, the undefeated coach of the Atlanta Rabbits, Tyler Moore. 
Martin joining us today. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How do you like that? It's undefeated, Coach of the, of the Rabbits. Does that work? Yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, that'll work, I guess. But uh, anyway, appreciate that. Well, so. we got we talked to you when you when you got the job originally. So it's been a few months since we've had a chance to get you back on. I'm assuming this thing's heading in the direction you want it to go. Oh, it definitely is. You know, I think um, the kids are are bought in. Um, you know, I, I think I told y'all in that first interview. I think it's important that we have success early. And but really, Chuck, even all off season, our kids really grinded it out every day in the weight room and through the summer, seven on seven, and um, our attendance and and. Um, you know, attitude's been great, and so we're just trying to get better every day. And we definitely have it rolling in the right direction. We have a long way to go, but I like uh, where we're at right now. You know, we were we were talking before we got you on my junior year in high school. Our basketball team, which I played on, went zero and twenty four. And having wow. having yeah, I know right, <laughs> <laughs> having lived through one of those on the Ofer, I, I'm imagining. And you said we needed success early. The mental part of this summer may have been more important than the physical. Is that even close to right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think that you always – kids are – they always have in the back of their mind, you know, if, if things go bad. And we saw a little bit in seven-on-seven seven sometimes. We had to redirect them. You know, it's like, oh, here we go again. But, you know, what we're preaching to them every day is if we try to be our best, if we work hard, if we do things right and uh, pay attention to detail – we'll have a chance. Are we guaranteed anything? We're not guaranteed anything, but we're guaranteed to be able to compete and and a chance to win, but it's a chance to win. It's no guarantee. So, What, what kind of numbers did you have when you guys started practice uh, back in the beginning of August? Yeah, so we practiced everybody together 9 through 12. We had around, I think we had around 85 kids. So we're carrying, right now we're able to have three teams. We've got a, a JV Maroon carries, you know, low 20s. We got a, a JV Watts, really a freshman team that's about nineteen, and they were carrying around thirty-five on the varsity. So, did you feel it was important to have three? Yeah, I think that the more you, you know, kids don't want to practice and, and not play, you know, and and you know if you're able to play, you know, three teams and two sub varsity teams, and you have, you know, there's two Mike linebackers getting better, getting reps. There's two running backs. There's two whatever it is, you know. So we're gonna try to play as many. Uh, sub varsity games as we can even if our numbers get down to you know 16 or whatever it is we're gonna do our best to let those kids play and develop so how nervous were you last week going into the game do you have a little butterflies you know I had a little bit but I felt like we were prepared um you know I think when you prepare hard this is my mentality and it's going to be like this as long as I coach and it was like this when I was a coordinator you know all we can do is prepare as hard as we can go out and execute and let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, um, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I love this job. I love the community. I love the kids. But football is its not the end-all, be-all for me. My faith in God's important to me. It's first in my life, my family. And I told him in the interview the same thing. And so I'm going to prepare as hard as I can, push my staff to do the same, try to give the kids the best game plan, you know, to have a chance to win. And then what happens, happens. And do I want to lose a single game? No. But um, all you can do is give it your best. And if you do that, then you can hold your head high. So, You guys are uh, taking on uh, Redwater this week. But before we talk Redwater, take me back to last week, Elysian Fields now. Uh, obviously, your defense had an outstanding game. 
Yeah, so I, I told the kids it's one of the, the best uh, defensive performances I've been a part of. So, um, you know, Elysian Fields had 25 carries for minus seven yards. They were 10 for 28 for 136 and no points. Um, so we, we held them to under, you know, 140 yards total offense and no points. And, and um, you know, our kids really played extremely hard, flew to the ball, and was very proud of how they, they – uh, prepared all week and how they played so the defense is going to get a lot of attention because of a shutout and and rightfully so they don't usually get that much attention it's usually the quarterback and the running backs that get a lot but but uh, walk me on the other side of this you, you, you put up a pretty good number of points I'm assuming your offense did what you wanted to do as well yeah I mean I was I was happy with it once we you know I'll say this uh, in the in the moment I was a little frustrated, you know, in the first half. I will tell you this: Elysian Fields did a tremendous job um, with their defensive staff. They we didn't trade tape with them, but obviously they were at some of our scrimmages. They know we're a downhill run team, and they gave us a lot of exotic fronts. That and we have some young offensive linemen, and we were confused a little bit in the first half, and then finally we got it together and we popped some runs. Um, and we had we had a couple bad exchanges that stalled some drives, but I was very proud of our offense. We got we got a sophomore quarterback a sophomore center, a freshman left guard, a freshman starting in the slot for us. And, you know, on the offensive line, four of the five starters, it was their first game action. So I thought our kids weathered the storm, and I was happy with the win. So I'm assuming you were extremely happy for the seniors that get to walk around campus this week having a a W instead of an L behind them. Yeah, no doubt. I I think you could see the the joy on the kids' face. But I told them, you know, guys, we need to – we need to enjoy this. We need to enjoy it for 24 hours, and then we've got to get back to work because we have more aspirations than just winning one game, and we're going to take it weekly, you know, one really one day at a time, one rep at a time, and I'm happy for us, but we've got to keep getting better because we have bigger goals, bigger aspirations down the line. And I think they understood that, and they came back to work this week, and uh, I think our preparation has been good. The weather's hampered us a little bit. We haven't been able to practice as long as we wanted to because of – you know, we don't have an indoor or anything, but we've we've adjusted, and, and I think we're ready to play. Tyler Morton, coach of the uh, Atlanta Rabbits with us. We'll go back to, to Redward. He got the Dragons this week. Uh, a lot of similarities. New young coach, last year was Brandon's first year, uh, trying to turn the program around after a couple of years of futility. Uh, are you feeling a little bit of an affinity for Coach Lane, too? Yeah, I think, you know, I think Coach Lane does a great job, him and his staff. Uh, I'll tell you, Brandon was one of the first people to reach out to me whenever I got this job and said, hey, you know, this is this is my third go-around as an AD. If you have any questions, I'll be glad to, you know, fill you in on some things. And I think he runs a really organized, you know, top-notch program. You can tell his kids play hard. Um, and, uh, you know, they battled last week versus Waskin. They came up short, but we're definitely not taking them lightly and we know we got to go play and play our game and play clean and uh you know if we do that i'll i'll like uh where we're at but you know we got to go do all those things we got to execute and um like i said kids play hard he does a good job so uh, are you, you mentioned the ad part of this are, are you finding the uh, ad job exactly what you expected it to be or were there some uh, some roadblocks or some bumps in the road that you weren't anticipating yeah, there's so much more to it than I, you know, um, you know, when I worked for Coach Norton, he'd always say, wait until you sit in this seat and then you'll understand what I'm talking about. And, 
you know, it's it's uh, there's a lot of facets to it. Um, but I just take it one day at a time. I make my I make me a list of hey, I got to get these things done today. Um, you know, and and I'm just taking it a day at a time and trying to do my best on everything. And a, a lot of it is is I believe if you're a high character person who's a go getter, you can figure a lot of it out. You know, it's not rocket science. Um, it's just doing the, the right things. And there's some hard decisions, but I just follow my gut and follow my conscience and and let the chips fall where they may. So no so. teams have been left without a bus so far, right? We got that part down. No, yep. no, we got that part down. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, thankfully, my one of my assistant coaches, Nick Miller, he did all of our bus requests way back when and took that off my plate. So I've got a really good staff around me too. You I mean you know you guys know Jeff Harrell? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean Jeff's top notch. You know he's he's been tremendous. My brother Andrew Morton has been tremendous. You know those are are two rocks for me. You know I've got Brad Bach on. Staff, who was the head coach AD at Pittsburgh for six years, I've got a really good staff around me, and, and all the other guys are pulling their weight. You know, not a single guy on the staff you say, "Well, that guy's not really bringing something to the table." So, um, you know, and I've tried to, to do a good job of delegating things to those guys, and and they've they've you know uh, met the challenge, and and we're like so we're taking it one day at a time and trying to get better. You you mentioned those veteran guys and your brother as part of that. Is, is that difficult for you a little bit to hand off the responsibility, especially your first go-around as the head guy, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, can you do, take care of this part and you take care of that part? And at, at the same time, you walk away thinking, gosh, I hope they don't screw this up because I'm the one that they got to answer for this. Yeah, no doubt. I trust, I trust those guys, and there's still a lot of things that I am doing myself, you know, and if it's something that – is real uh, important then a lot of times I'm handling it just because I know I'm going to do it the way I want it done but um, if you give you know and I'm just going to speak about Jeff and Andrew because these other guys have been great but I've only been around about six months but if you give Jeff or Andrew something to do it's going to be done to a T you don't have to worry one bit about they're going to do it to the best of their ability 100 miles an hour and it's going to be taken care of and I know that and so that's been a, a uh, God sent for me, and um, we're kind of all doing it together, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we wish you the best tomorrow. I know you got a JV game coming up tonight. I know you got to get over there and do a little coaching up, so we'll let you get out of here and, and take care of that. But thanks so much for coming on. Again, congratulations on the week one win. We wish you well against Redwater tomorrow, and we'll get you a couple more weeks down the road. We'll, we'll get you back on again and talk about how the, uh, the Rabbits are progressing. Hey, sounds good. Thanks, Chuck. It's great talking to you again. All right, Coach? You too, guys. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. There you go. Coach Tyler Morton, the head coach of the Atlanta Rabbits. Uh, he's uh, he's not kidding. He's got some great folks around him with head coaching experience. AD experience. AD experience. Oh. They've been around this game for a while. They've been around high school kids for a while. And uh, say what you want. You build a good staff, and you know they've got stuff handled. They know what to do with kids. You basically are – facilitating what's going on it makes it so much easier yeah good coaches but good men too yep. you know that you know are trustworthy and you know like he said you don't even have to worry about it you give them something it gets done all right we gotta take a break when we come back <laughs> oft to. oft duplicated but never actually copied right ever ever picks of righteousness week number two We'll come back and explain it if you've never been with us before for it. I got to get the music queued up for it. But it's week two of Picks of Righteousness. 
You probably want to do whatever little errand you got to do in the next three minutes. Get back to the radio. Dodger Danny's never done Picks of Righteousness live on the radio before. This may be a game changer for all of Texarkana. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're coming right back. Leaving the yard. Chuck Zach, Dodger Danny Williams on the fan 1079. Texas High football continues its tradition of excellence in 2022 under Coach Stanford, and so does Offenhauser Insurance, providing the very best in home, auto, and business insurance from 2301 Moore's Lane and 518 Pine, also Mount Pleasant and Atlanta. As independent insurance agents representing all-star insurance companies like Safeco will find the right policy at the right price. Just email, call, or visit us. You'll find hometown folks ready to help righteousness without the actual tunage so uh ej matthews here he goes picks of righteousness week two it's about being right it's about being righteous we gonna pick who we want yes we will we don't care if you like it it's not about the point spread or what the papers say y'all tune in to the picks of righteousness oh my goodness every thursday all right, there he is. E.J. Matthews, Picks of Righteousness theme song, week number two. For those who have never been part of this presentation before, first of all, we welcome you and apologize for anything that uh, was said. Uh, second of all, where have you been? Third of all, here's how it works. Now, lots of folks want to pick games. Like, I'm so smart, I picked the game. Here's my lead pipe lock on this week's game. My guarantee pick. All right, whatever. Don't they're, care. They're wrong more than half the Don't time. care. Don't care if they're right. Don't care if they're wrong. Doesn't matter. Because they're not righteous. They're not righteous picks. Our picks are righteous. And here's what I mean by righteousness. It's not who you think is going to win because they're the better football team on Saturday or Sunday or Monday this week. It is... Which team you prefer or would root for to win because whatever reason, your old girlfriend is from Wyoming and she broke your heart, so there's no way you're picking the Wyoming Cowboys in this week's game. That's a righteous pick. And that's what we do here every Thursday on Leaving the Yard. Tony's gone, thank goodness, because his righteous picks are always so whacked up. I don't have to listen to those today. Dodger Danny Williams is in instead. It's a uh, full list. It's actually the first full weekend of college football. There are a lot of great games, and uh, away we go. So we'll start with the uh, the backyard brawl, which is now finally back in action. They've they've canceled this for for years. They're back playing each other again. West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Go. West Virginia. I love their mascot. He's the actual mountain man, mountaineer guy. So that's why I'm I'm going with them. I like that. It's a righteous pick. The fact that uh that uh, um the University of Pittsburgh has produced some outstanding players Absolutely. who are who have made their way to the Dallas Cowboys, like Tony Dorsett in particular. In West Virginia, never really had the great Dallas Cowboy player. Well, they just signed. They just cut one. 
Will Greer. Well, they're going to get him back. You think yeah. that's going to be the backup? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So because of that today, I'm going to go with West Virginia. It's my anti-cowboy pick. Perfect. You always got to have one. I don't know about that. Penn State and Purdue. Penn State and Purdue. And these, by the way, are tonight games. These, these are tonight are. games. Yeah, these are today. Mm. Well, you know, seeing Purdue and them not being very consistently good and Penn State being consistently good over the last few years, I'm going to go with them, but I'm also going with them because one of my favorite quarterbacks played for Purdue. Who's that? It's Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah, right? Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah that's I'm your so guy. Tough. Yeah, I like him. All right, here's my pick here. Years ago, we had a Redwater Dragon and went to Purdue. Ooh. We tried desperately to get him on the uh, show with us. Mm-mm-mm. The SID at Purdue was, for lack of a better term, a douche canoe. <laughs> And as a result, we could never get him on with us. I have a standing rule on this show. If Purdue is on picks of righteousness, I'm always with the other team. Now, that's a rule that can be changed if it's Michigan or Ohio State. (laughs) But in this case, it still stands. Go Penn State. Tomorrow night, TCU, Colorado. Get closer to your neighborhood. Yeah, uh, everybody is on the bandwagon for TCU just to smoke Colorado and Colorado's program coming off a down year. You know, I like to see them, you know, get a W. And being a Pac-12 school, you know, yeah, you pull get, for them. There's, so. there's your Pac-12. There's my, there's my one Pac-12 that, pick right there's there. There's your righteous pick right there about yes. Pac-12. Yep. You know, I went to an uh, AP conference this uh, this summer in TCU. Picking Colorado. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. All right, Saturday, some uh, pretty good matchups, and away we go. Your uh, pack Oregon Ducks against the SEC's Georgia Bulldogs. You know, this game is going to be a really good game, but I always like to see the team that was on top get get an L. And so, yeah, I'm rooting with my heart here. I would love to see Oregon pull off this upset and just – and just beat them because they they've been beat down you know they lost their coach you know they're losing you know ucla yeah yeah i mean it's falling (laughs) apart around them they're like the best team that's left in there yeah so i'm going with oregon i hate oregon's uniforms i always have hated oregon's uniforms georgia just because of uniforms cincinnati is at arkansas this one's easy, Arkansas. My wife's a Razorback, so I'm going with that for her. Um, but uh, this was a little bit hard because Coach Minter, you know, yes. was at Cincinnati. Yes. I, every time he's on the show, it's just epic. So, But I live with my wife. so Good point. Going to go with the Razorbacks. All right, so here's mine. Of course, Rick's a, a huge friend of the show. That's one for Cincinnati. Yep. My kids went to Arkansas. That's two for Cincinnati. <laughs> My wife's an Arkansas fan. That's three for Cincinnati. You're a crazy man. <laughs> Go, Bearcats. Go Bearcats. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Notre Dame, Ohio State. I just never will root for Notre Dame, so I'm going with Ohio State. But I don't like Ohio State either. So can we go? Can I root for a tie? You can. Yeah, I'm rooting for a tie. That's right. Because I because I can't pick either one of these. Oh teams. no, let's go Irish. Irish all day long. Go Irish. Florida State, LSU. Florida State, LSU. That's Monday night or Sunday night. Excuse me. S- Sunday night. Florida State has been down for a long time. LSU's got the got a new coach, but I'm going with Florida State because 
if you have a fake accent when you're going on the on the microphone, I can't pull for you. So no, no way, LSU going Florida State. I'm with dancing Brian Kelly. <laughs> the man can be a bad dancer and stand up and do it anyway. Yeah, for a, got, he can do I, anything. I got a lot of uh, admiration for a man with no rhythm to be able to make a fool of himself and, and a. Not- Embarrassed. And a Southern draw and when he's from the North. Southern draw. Monday night, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Clemson, Georgia Tech. I love Dabo. Dabo's my guy, so I'm going with them. Uh, I don't know. And also, I want to see their quarterback do well. He was so highly recruited. First, yeah. first guy NIL money, you know, Dr. Pepper, and then he falls flat on his face. So I like to see them get a win. My daughter-in-law is a Clemson fan and a Clemson – I think she went to Clemson. Well, you've rooted against your family all day. So. Well, I rooted against my own kids. I'm not rooting against my daughter-in-law. Smart man. No, I, I go Clemson. All right. Uh, my own kids I don't care about, but <laughs> my daughter-in-law, she's sweet. I like her, so I'll go Clemson. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it for Picks of Righteousness today. <clears throat> I didn't put Texas on there because they're going to blast. Uh, they got ULM. Shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, but if we're going righteous. Well, you know. I'll do this one for Tony. Okay. ULM. No. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, no, it would not be. It would be long ones. All right, we're out of time for today. Appreciate so much Tyler Morton hopping on the phone with us, talk some bunny football. Dodger Danny for making another appearance. Uh, Dodgers winning or not? No, Dodgers are losing today. What? The rubber match against the Mets. Ooh, that's, that, that's a playoff matchup we're going to see. Absolutely. Rematch coming in the fall. Yep. We're done. Again, no show tomorrow. Kirk and company gone because he's out of town. No foot, uh, no uh, five o'clock show because we're doing football tomorrow night. So we'll see you guys on Monday. Oh, probably not Labor Day. Labor Day, you're not having. I'm not gonna see you till Tuesday. Good lord, it's gonna be forever until we're back on this show. But we'll see you Tuesday night. We'll do it again right here, leaving the yard. Zach and the professor on the fan, 107.9.